Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. Good morning. Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Today is Wednesday, December 7th, 2022. The weather today will be a high of minus 3 degrees in Edmonton, minus 15 degrees in Saskatoon, and 8 degrees in Toronto. We have a Grinch in our house today instead of our elf. Wah, wah. It's okay. I got this. <laughs> I'm going to set up my Grinch trap. We don't have a Grinch trap. Uh, yeah, we do. <laughs> I got a trap. I'll set it up. What's that? Good morning. What did she say? She said, is it a cat trap? <laughs> <laughs> That's what she gets when she doesn't behave. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. We're broadcasting live as we do every morning, Monday through Friday, on the Podbean. Monday through Friday, six. A- do I normally say that? What do I normally say? Monday through Friday, six a.m. Mountain Time, live on the Podbean app. That's what I normally say. Wow, I had an <laughs> autopilot there, and the pilot was drunk. <laughs> mayday, mayday! Ah, <laughs> uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, Join in live to the show every morning and uh, take advantage of the free coaching. Uh, all you need to do is just uh, download the Podbean app, search up the Real Estate Investing Morning Show, and there is a chat box in there. There is a call-in button. You can ask any questions you want about real estate investing for free every morning. Take advantage of it, okay? Uh, if you're new to real estate investing, if you've been real estate investing for a while and you're trying to take it to the next level, exhaust the free options first. Please, please, for the love of God, take advantage of it. What are you laughing at? I just really liked how you said, like, if you've been real estate investing for a while, as if it's like a sport. Is that what you got from that? Yeah. Instead of like, if you've been investing in real estate for a while. No. Just sounded really I think I'm on autopilot this morning. I'm not even, (laughs) I'm here, but I'm not here. I need a couple more sips of my coffee. How's everybody doing this morning? How's the chat looking? Um, pretty blah, <laughs> pretty blah. <laughs> but we it's gonna we have, be a good show. We have a few people with us today. A few people. We have a few people. Is everyone sleeping in? Decided I don't know. to take the day off. Oh work? well, well, Kyle just joined the room, and he's a super fan. So God, that's great. The show. <laughs> Do you get like super yeah. fan notifications? Slides in, and I like, see Elray. Is Elray a super fan as well? Um, I'm not sure. I missed when he. He's got a big glossy name. (laughs) What? Why is it glossy? I don't know. How would you describe that? Holographic? Yeah. Shiny. I don't know how this stuff works. See, I'm always (laughs) on it. I'm on the, um, I'm on a different platform. I'm on a different interface because I'm hosting the show. I don't see what you guys see on the app. I've never seen it. So I have no idea what's going on. Um, Matt changed his official name to Space Matt. So that's great. Legally? (laughs) 
<laughs> he went down to the court of the king's bench and got his name changed. He's a star man. <laughs> The show is so dumb. Yeah, super dumb. <laughs> uh, hey, Kent, Kent, Kent's here. Kent says we're being entertained by the banter. The people not listening are losing. Um, well, everybody knows that the first five minutes just a bunch of nonsense. So I think that's why they probably sleep in for the first five minutes. But Ken, I got a, I got a question. Does Ken know that he won top fan last month? <laughs> just out of curiosity. I don't know. It's like December 7th. Does he know that seven days ago or six days ago that he won, he won top, top 10? 10? I forgot to tell him. <laughs> Ken, we're eager to know. Have you heard? Uh, I think he had a heart attack. I'm answering. <laughs> no? Real estate investing, huh? Yeah. And he gone. Did he leave? I don't all right. Well, okay, cool. Um, upcoming events. Oh, boy. Is this going to take an hour? <laughs> Randall's waiting. Randall's waiting. We got a, <laughs> we, we have a guest today from DCI. The COO of uh, DCI Properties uh, is here. Um, <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, I, I will not turn uh, upcoming events into a one-hour thing again. Okay. So. I'll, I'll be respectful. Uh, do we have upcoming events? Yes. This Saturday, exclusive to the REI Master's Mentorship Program, we have a Building Your Roadmap workshop all day on Saturday. Mm. So that's exciting for our mentees to get to build out their roadmaps and get intentional about moving forward in real estate investing. Would you mind if I took about 45 minutes to explain what that is <laughs> and why it's important? I think it was 55 minutes. <laughs> Uh, Josh asked, what time does the workshop start? Uh, 10 a.m. The um, Ooh, a little sleep in. Nice. Yeah, yeah. There's, uh, um, there's an event in the, uh, in the Masters uh, Facebook group there. You can just go and see that. And uh, it's got the link and everything that you need to get into that. And if anyone else is jealous, as you should be, um, and you want to join the REI Masters Mentorship Program, go to reimasters.ca, sign up. There's more than just a workshop. There's more monthly workshops every month. Uh, access to all previous workshops, access to all previous content, and uh, all the contracts you'll ever need, and forms, and agreements, and uh, five or six courses on joint ventures, and wholesaling, and fix and flips, and agreement for sale, and rent to own. Oh, there's lots of stuff and in stuff. there. <laughs> and there's weekly coaching. It's it's, it's a lot. It's a lot of stuff. It's really cool. Um, I say that like oh, da, 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 lots in the because like um it it's kind of boring to me because it the easiest way to say it is everything that you need. Everything that you need. Yeah. Plus um ass kicking on a different level. Yeah. Right? So I, I don't like like listing off all the things about like, oh, did you know we have a rent own course in there too from Barry McGuire? Um, did you know the courses are worth like $4,000? Holy crap. It's almost half the price right there. Yeah. Of what you, you know, pay for the mentorship is, is, you know, you're getting that in value from the courses right there. But 
Is that important? I mean, for some people, it's like, well, if I'm going to be taking that course anyways, I might as well take that course and join the mentorship program and get the value. Yeah, for sure. But it's a one-stop shop. It's amazing. And uh, great people too. Indeed. Really, not not us. Really I'm not cool, talking about us. Really cool community. I'm talking about the community. The community is amazing. Very, 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 very supportive. Yeah, tight knit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and on Sunday. Sunday, Josh Keen's hosting um, a networking and Kayla. event. Yes. yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Josh posted it. A <laughs> uh, uh, meetup in Calgary at their – they're flipping it, right? That's their plan? Yes. Yeah, at their flip uh, that they just took possession of. Uh, that's Sunday. I don't know what time, but I did pin it within the um, Real Estate Investing Masters uh, Two to four. <clears throat> page. Public page, free page. What do you call that page? Group it's a group. Page. It's yeah. It's group. a group. Sorry, Randall. <laughs> He's pulling his hair out right now. That's all. That's yeah. all folks. Sunday networking event in Calgary, free. Uh hosted by REI Masters, Josh. Keen and Kayla Hamilton. Um, Ken says, no, I won November too, but my schedule didn't work with Wayne. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> partially true. I am. Um, uh, so it didn't happen. Should I resend my email life story and shoot for a call after your holiday? <laughs> uh, that's kind of accurate, actually. <laughs> so I owe you, I owe you two calls from last month and uh, yes, Ken, congratulations when you were away, um, uh, wherever he was, was he in Miami or yes. he was in Miami and watching the, um, the carts go by with the ladies. Yeah. We saw your video. Um, you have, you want another, you want another two free calls. So you're up to four calls in the bank. Uh, and yes, we are going on vacation. So we'll, we'll do our best. If we can agree on where to go. Yeah, that'll be tough. Might be bust. We're going to lock that down today. Okay. <laughs> uh, yes, that is upcoming events. Oh, another upcoming event, uh, Christmas. Yes, Christmas is upcoming. December 25th. Um, can we just get a Can we get a countdown of how many days are left in the year? Just before people start writing off the rest of 2022. Looks like we got about 24 days left. 24 days. So if you're, um, if you're thinking, eh. I'll 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 call that joint venture partner. I'll go find that deal in January. Okay. No, you got twenty four days left. Twenty twenty two is not over. Um, that's all. <laughs> yes, Ken was in Miami. Garrett says I need the tenth to come fast. <laughs> I just love how excited he is for it. Yeah, Garrett and Jackie are. <laughs> too excited you for get, this workshop you guys this need Saturday. to chill no i'm just joking you don't <laughs> well you know what uh they have no idea how amazing it's going to be and they're excited so i think I, they do i think they they have an idea of how how amazing it's going to be and that's why they're like come on you guys come on 10th well they're going to get the most value out of it for they sure are. yeah because they're they're excited about it and they know how important it is yeah indeed we gave a little snippet, a little taste yesterday. But like that's not even most of the day is actually planning, which is the fun part. Yeah. The once once you figure out what it is that you want in life, um, you got the hard part done. 
uh, and you get excited about it. And then the, 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 the fun part of the planning is, is like trying to reverse engineer it and come up with like, what's the best way, what strategies, what kind of business am I going to build? And then, you know, you start learning about those types of businesses and those strategies like wholesaling, for example, or like fix and flipping. And then you start seeing the possibilities, how much money you can make. And, and then you start asking questions and the questions get answered. And you're like, oh, wow, you, I can make that much money. Oh, all I need to do is this. All I need to do is find these properties and just call up DCI. They send me the properties. I go flip these properties. And then I make $30,000, $40,000 per property. And then I just do five of those a year and I make $200,000. Oh, my gosh. The, the possibility, the hope, the belief starts kicking in. And it's like, it starts getting really fun and then you really want to go yeah. and like find those deals, analyze those deals, find those contractors, you know, you know, set up your suppliers and you know what I mean? That it starts getting fun because yeah. you can, you can see every action that you take today, every, everything you do in front of you has a direct connection to you, you know, and, and living your best life in wherever or doing whatever. Yeah. Um, I love this. Garrett says, I watch and talk to the other mentees and they are effing, he said. Okay. Yeah. Uh, they're effing flying right now. Super encouraging and exciting to know there is a group with support and outside opinion we can lean on and also be able to contribute once we have the knowledge. That's pretty cool too. It, it feels good to help. Yeah. It feels good it to be able to answer someone's question. It's fulfilling. Right? Big turn. We have a guest. We have a guest. Sorry to make you wait, Randall. Mr. Randall, we get the guest is here. He's here. <laughs> the guest has landed. So I, <laughs> I love the sound effects and sound clips today. I don't know. Is that new? Is that no? No, we've always had it. Just sometimes no. I do it too much. Um, <laughs> How are you doing this morning? Good, good. I, I have a feeling like behind the scenes, Gabby takes away the buttons for the sound effects from you. Like if I you're just not... evil. Yeah, I just evil eye him from across the table. It's... Yeah, like if you're not behaving, Gabby takes away your sound effects for an episode or two. Is that what? Is that what happens? It's. It, I don't know. I mean, like growing up listening to the radio while you're driving, it's like the cool, you know, radio host. They had all the cool noises and stuff like that, the fart noises and that kind of stuff. And it's just yeah. like I'm living, I'm living out my my dream here of like being a radio host. And uh, it, I'll I'll just be like driving and I'll think about something funny. I'll be like, oh, if someone ever says this, I'm gonna play that clip. And I so I'll have these clips ready. And I'll have them sitting here for months. Like I had one clip sitting here for like six or seven months because Gabby always says, hello, my beautiful people. And then she didn't say it for six months. And then finally she said it. And I'm like, did she say beautiful people? <laughs> Just sitting in the weeds on that one for seven months. <laughs> I love it. It's love uh, it. a little premeditated, but uh, yeah, I enjoy it. <laughs> Oh, man. Are we going to talk about real estate or something today? <laughs> I, I thought we were going to talk about where you guys are going on vacation and get that locked in. That sounds uh, just as exciting. Do you have any recommendations of places that you've been? I, You guys have I, two kids or three? One. Or one one seven-year-old daughter. Okay. Okay. Well, my family, we just got back from California uh, this yeah. summer. And it was amazing. We went to 
San Diego, we went to LA and we went to Malibu. There was lots, there was a good mix of things to do and relaxation, lots of nice restaurants, cool things to see. So it was kind of a good mix of not just go somewhere and lie on a beach for the whole time. You could do that sporadically and but you could always do other stuff around there. There was no shortage of things to do. So that would be my recommendation. I, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, I, I, I came up with it yesterday. I'm just like, you know what? Screw it. We're going away next week. I, I actually wanted to leave today. I was just going to like, I was going to cancel our workshop this weekend. I'm like, no, we're leaving tomorrow. Um, and I just, just want to go for a Garrett week. Garrett would have been pissed. Oh, that's that's <laughs> the big reason why we didn't. And I'm like, oh, Garrett would send a hitman after me. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> Um, I like that because it, it, someone else actually said uh, New Orleans. They're like, it's going to give you everything you want. It's got, it's got water. It's got great food. It's got um, uh, whatever the other thing was. Lots of stuff for the kids. I like California. It's a good idea because I was I was thinking about that yesterday. I'm like, because resorts is just easy for fast decisions, right? You know what I mean? You go there. Everything's there. You don't know. Not a whole lot of planning. You go to California, it's like, okay, are we going to stay at Airbnb? Like, let's figure that stuff out. What do we want to visit? You know, um, kind of have to plan a little bit, but I like it. I like, I wouldn't, I'm not comfortable doing an Airbnb with my seven-year-old daughter in a foreign country that I don't know anything about the local town. You know what I mean? Like, cause there's still a little bit of risk and I don't want to be on edge. You know what I mean? Watching my six at all times, you know, for pickpockets and stuff like that, or people coming up to me. I, I like California cause it's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a little more familiar, safe, you know what I mean? So I like that idea. Yeah, it was, it was great. We did a mix of hotels and then we rented a house for the last few nights. But uh, yeah, you know, it was it was really stress free. There's like we in San Diego, we ended up um, buying this thing. It's called a city pass. And with, okay. the city, with the city pass, you can do anything from the zoo to the museums, like as much as you want. You buy the number of days that you want the pass for. So I think we got it for like two or three days so we were just go 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 like everything was included like sea world zoo everything so we didn't have that pressure of you needed to go somewhere and stay there for like 12 hours to maximize what you what you had bought we kind of just jumped oh. around so yeah it was it was really neat i got a good thing going there i'd highly recommend it that's awesome that's awesome well thank you for that yeah, I'm also sponsored um, by California, so I had to get that plug in. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> California. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh. So, what, what do you want to talk about today in regards to, like, real estate stuff? Yeah, I don't – I think um, financing comes up a lot. That might be a mm. good – it might be a good topic to talk about. I think we said maybe paperwork and financing, but that might be too aggressive, two topics for one day. Um, yeah, we learned that last time. <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> financing always seems to come up, and I feel like great people with great intentions miss out on great deals because they didn't do the legwork before on their financing. Mm. They didn't. Yeah, I agree. They, they have maybe a bank in their back pocket, which is great if they're buying an on-market property or working with an agent. They might go to a mortgage broker and they might have a pre-approval from a bank. But then they listen to your guys' show, they join our buyer's list, 
they want to buy an off-market property. They're all raring to go. They call us. They see the deal. They call us. And then we say, well, how are you financing the deal? And they say, big bank number one. And we're like, uh, big bank number one doesn't like assignment sales. Oh, yeah. are you sure? You know, and then chaos ensues from there of somebody trying to scramble to then find a pre-approval from a private lender on the property. And kind of like what we talked about last time, that window of three to four days after a property goes out, it's usually sold. So mm-hmm. they kind of run out of time at that point. Yeah, I I, I will admit, and, and I think a lot of it comes down to um, uh, just not knowing uh, not knowing how or not knowing what's possible out there because I, I'll admit a few up till up until about, I always have a hard time with the blip. Uh, let's say four or five years ago. Uh, I didn't know that like RSP mortgages, private lenders, all that, you know what I mean? Outside of the mm-hmm. conventional circle, I didn't know that stuff existed. Mm-hmm. And I was just having a random coffee with another investor. And he's like, Oh no, I just, I just get, you know, I have friends that lend me money for mortgages. And I'm like, what? He's <laughs> like, oh, yeah, because uh, here I am trying to do burrs with conventional lenders and you know, trying to get off wholesalers. And same thing, like it was I was losing deals because I just didn't know. You don't know. You don't know. Um, I didn't know that kind of stuff was available. I didn't know how. And then when I did, I didn't know how it worked and I didn't know how it all applied. And when you've never gone through the process of buying an off-market deal with a private lender and all those things and closing and just like just running through it um it could be a little intimidating um because you just don't know what to expect and i think that uh thankfully these days with all the podcasts and all the free facebook groups and stuff like that since you know since when i'm when i was talking about um i think everybody kind of knows that there is private lending but i think that there's still a gap between you know knowing about it and actually have done, have done it before. You know what I mean? So for sure. Uh, what recommendations would you have for people who are kind of in that spot? Yeah, I would encourage them to establish a relationship with a private lender, um, get their information in the hands of that private lender, figure out what that private lender, AKA figure out what they need to approve you or not approve you. So you're ready when a property comes up, they have all your info, they know what your plan is, they know what funds you might have, what you could use to, if there's any other properties that you could use to secure against that loan, if you're asking for a high LTV on the property or anything in that bucket, get those details sorted out beforehand. Call them when you don't have a property in mind and get your file kind of opened and set up with them. And they'll kind of tell you a rough budget. They'll tell you it depends on the property. They're still going to want to know what property it is. But a lot of private lenders have um, kind of a a set of documents, if you will, that they want you to kind of fill out almost like what's your business plan on this property, you know? Mm -hmm. So get a template of one of those ready. You know, it's, Think about yourself of going to, you know, you see in the movies back in <laughs> olden days, people wanted to start a business. So they would go to their local little branch and they'd have like this business plan in their hand. And there's all these scenes in these movies where somebody's sitting across from uh, the bank manager saying, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. 
Yeah. Flash forward, things aren't that much different. They still want to see what you're going to do with that money. What is your plan? Great. You're buying an investment property. What is your plan? Are you flipping it? Is it going to be a burr? What you, what's your plan? What's your exit strategy? How long are you going to, how long is the project going to take you? Do you have contractors lined up? The more that you show them that you're confident um, and know what you're doing and you have a plan put together, the more likely they are to approve you on the loan that you're looking for. Is, is this at the stage where you have a deal in your hand or is this at the stage where you, you're trying to be proactive? Yeah, for sure. Great question. Cause I think each property is different and your exit strategy and plan is going to be a little bit different, but the fundamentals of your plan, you could put those together before you have a property in mind, you know, okay. Here's my contractors. Here's where I'm going to get the funds to do the project. Here's where they're sitting. I have access to these funds or this credit line or this cash here to do the renovations myself. Um, this is my agent partner that I'm going to be relisting it with. Like just put together that you have a plan and then you plug and play that house. And then with that house, it's like, well, here's the pictures. Here's what I'm doing. This is what I think the ARV is going to be when I'm done. And then if you've have all of that started beforehand, it's not going to be the hurdle that, or the excuse for not buying your deal. Like you guys were just mm. talking about how many days are left this year. Right? So, if I'm sitting there trying to get off the fence and buy my first deal ever, this is good work to be doing right now and get myself set up. And if I find a property, great. I'm in, I'm in a great position to buy it now before the end of the year. If not, I'm set up for success come Jan 1, come you know first week of January, whatever that case may be. Right. Because if you wait till you see a property and that's your, you're waiting for that spark to be your motivation. It's chances are you're going to miss out on that property. If it's a really good deal, if you haven't started all of that stuff. Right. Right. You, you really don't want to wait until that deal comes up and then have to uh, approach all of these um, issues or concerns that a private lender might have at that point. I, I, I like the proactive thinking um, that you're suggesting. Um is there any other, no, it sounds like, you know, here's the business plan. Here's what I've got. Here's how I'm doing it. That type of stuff. Um, are they going to be doing any other things like, you know, credit? How is it different from a traditional lender? Like, are they doing credit checks? Are they doing background checks? Do they want to see your T1s? Do they want to see your pay stubs? That type of stuff? 100%. Yeah, for sure. They want to, <clears throat> it's going to be similar to a larger bank in that you're still going through a pre-approval process. They're going to want to check credit. They're going to want to know which streams of income you have. Are you employed? If you're self-employed, great. Show me your tax returns. So again, all the more reason to do it beforehand because it takes time to dig out those documents, right? It's, that's a, that's a two day process, just digging that stuff out and sending it all to them and them to process the file on their side. So if we're talking, if you see a deal and you want to act within three or four days, you'd be very hard pressed to get all of that stuff to them. And then once you're pre-approved, then for them to take a look at the property and your plan and to make sure that you know what you're doing before they can say yes to you, you're going to miss out on somebody that already has all of their information in the private lender has a file open for them. And then you just adjust your plan for that property. And they're like, okay, yeah, this looks Wayne. This looks like a great plan for this property. I already have, 
what you're pre-approved for, go ahead on this property. Then you can yeah. buy with confidence instead of wondering, am I going to get this? Oh, I, I didn't see the email yesterday when it came out. Now it's a day later. I'm probably not going to have enough time on this deal now anyways, because Randall said it's three or four days. Like, yeah. You know, then you end up getting stuck on the fence and then it happens again. And then it's like, oh, well, there probably won't be another deal till next week. And then another deal comes out <laughs> tomorrow and then you're yeah. in the same spot again, right? Yeah. It, it all I'm hearing is it from you is just the the, the moral of the story is be proactive. Hundred percent. Have have everything ready. And 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 private lenders, um uh, private lending is just so much easier when you've got all that stuff lined up, when you've got the file open, when you've built the relationship with the lender and they know that you know what you're doing, they know that you have experience, they know that you have everything all lined up and they have confidence in you, you specifically, that's already, you know, that box is checked off. Now it's just a matter of does the deal in front of us work? And they can normally analyze that real quick. You know what I mean? They're, they got they got files and deals like this coming across their desk at a, on a regular basis, um, especially some of the larger, you know, um, private lending financial institutions. You know, they, they, they can they can run their appraisal or they can run their comps and, and they can look at your numbers very quickly and within a few hours give you a thumbs up. And that is key in this game that Randall's talking about right now. Like when when these amazing off market deals come, you need to move fast. Because you're not just you you're not just um, trying to to get it done for DCI properties or your local wholesaler. You're also trying to get it done quickly because you are competing with the other investors who can get it done quickly, right? That's right. The, the one who has the hand, like the cash in hand, first and signs the documents gets it. It's it's just it's the truth, right? It, there's there's no other yep. way to look at it. Yeah, for sure. And we sense that confidence on our side when somebody calls us too, right? If it's the first time we've heard some last last time I was on a couple of weeks ago, we talked about kind of building up a relationship like you can reach out and talk to Adam on our team at any time. If you have questions about this process, again, if you wait till you see the deal itself to reach out and ask a question and then you need 24 hours to think about it you talk yourself into it that, okay, I'm going to move forward on this deal. And then you don't have the financing stuff done. Then you're probably going to lose out on that. Mm -hmm. And, and you won't admit to this on your end uh, publicly, but that, that kind of ruins your confidence with that investor in the future. And they say, Oh yeah, I want it. I want it. I want it. But this is the third time now that they've said, Oh, I want it. And then they didn't actually follow through with it. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's i'm trying not to dig a hole for you here but at the same time <laughs> you know no, like no, i think it's I, I i i what i would say is we have a lot of people that kick tires on a lot of properties and have never bought them from us and there's a distinction between those people and then people that buy regularly and mm -hmm. then there's another bucket of people that call us We've never heard from them before. Actually, I think one of the last deals that we sold in, in Edmonton was a mentee in one of your programs. Awesome. They, they called, they had everything organized. Um, they were ready to go. They moved swiftly. They got the property. We'd never heard from them before, but there was a good example of being organized, having a clear plan, being prepared, knowing where their funds were coming from, 
clearly knowing the process and having a sense of urgency and they got the property. That's awesome. So just being organized, being proactive, it's, it's pretty simple stuff. Yeah, um, for sure. Like I, I think uh, if, if you're reaching out several times, kicking tires on properties and you want to go see every single one in person, we can only take so many people to a walkthrough, right? Mm -hmm. So that's where we have to kind of prioritize. And we love for us, we have our repeat buyers, but we love it when it's a first time buyer approaches us and is confident and knows what they're doing because we love to build a long-term relationship with them, right? Then we can have conversations. Well, where are you looking? What projects are you looking for? Great. Maybe we can focus some of our marketing in that area. Yeah, absolutely. Um, case we talked about what private lenders are looking for now, when I, you know, rewinding four or five years ago to when I didn't know anything about private lenders at that time, you know, I had asked around to a few people and, and like one big player who I knew said, well, I know a private lender out of Calgary. They do lots of deals. Um, you know, I'll connect you with them, but you're, you're not going to get what I get because I do lots of, but, you know, have a chat with them and see if they'd be interested in lending with you. So this is long before everyone in Alberta and uh, Ontario knew about DCI. It's not, sorry, not DCI, um, Calvert, um, yeah. Calvert uh, Mortgage Lenders. Um, you know, obviously they've done a ton of marketing since, um, you know, they've expanded out to Ontario. So Ontario is getting the benefit now. But, um, you know, we talk about Calvert lots because uh, we use them. And uh, so it's almost like everybody just says, call Calvert. It's just the easiest. Um, but let's say, for example, you're looking for a private lender that's not, you know, a large institution. You're looking for someone who's just got some cash in the bank. Um, you know, how do you, how do you go about finding these types of people? Yeah, for sure. So I would say, um, yes, the guys at Calvert are great. Um, we met with them a couple of weeks ago when they were in Ontario. So shout out to Jesse and Ryan. Um, they're, they're great guys for sure. They're awesome. There are, there are other options out there and I would say it's harder to find these diamond in the rough. This, um, my friend who has a, a rich uncle is looking to lend money. Like there's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's difficult to find these diamonds in the rough. Yeah. Um, you know, you, they're not typically sitting in these Facebook groups looking to lend. They're just sitting there in a pile of money. And it's usually somebody else has to show them how it's possible for them mm -hmm. to leverage money that they have sitting in RSPs to lend it to you on a property. So mm -hmm. if you get good at that, you could have your own little pitch deck put together that if you know of someone or in your circle of friends or family or somebody gives you a referral to someone to say, hey, here's another way to put your money to work. If you're interested in this, this is how it works. So that's a bit of a long play. I would say there's lots of private lenders out there. And if you're looking for all of your options, you could probably talk to a mortgage broker. Well, not probably, you can definitely talk to a mortgage broker and ask them what private lending options they have. Who do they deal with? Who are they? Sometimes it's a conglomerate or a small group of wealthy people pooling their money together that a mortgage broker has already built up that relationship. So instead of you doing the legwork, you're probably gonna pay a one or 2% lending fee on the deal, but they've done all of the legwork for you. And, and you don't have to go and find those people yourself. In fact, the other day I was talking to a mortgage broker and he 
I said, you know, knock my socks off. What different do you have to offer? And he's like, well, for our really top repeat clients on the private lending side, we do have a few people that would go up to a hundred percent LTV because wow. they would do the rest on a promissory note. I was like, okay, well now we're talking now you've, you've piqued my interest. Right. So yeah. I wouldn't even get that. I, I, they don't know me from a hole in the ground. I wouldn't get that. I'd have to build up a rapport with them. You guys would have to build up a rapport with them. But if you're in this for the long term in the, you know, you're playing the long game here, it might be worthwhile building up a relationship with a really solid private lender that you trust. Because if you get into that world where they're lending you a little bit more and they're flexible on maybe giving you a promissory note for part of the, the deposit and stuff like that, it's going to free up your cash and give you more options on, on kind of how many properties you could have in your portfolio at once or in total. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, you're absolutely right. If you're in the long game, um, you know, there's lots of great institutions that you can take advantage of with great terms. But, you know, if you can get better terms, um, better LTV, um, better interest rates, less commitment fees, you know what I mean? It's in, in the long run, that's how you shave costs, right? That's how you shave costs and, and you make more profits. And I like what you said about having less money in because less money in, less of your investment in means a higher ROI right? You're reducing your investment. So you're getting a higher return in your investment, less money in and a, and a better return in your investment. So I like that a lot. Um, awesome. I think that was, a, I guess a really good, uh, kind of spot to, um, to end it on the, on the, on the financing side there. Um, if anyone's interested in getting deals from DCI, I mean, they, they pretty much hear it every day, um, or actually every day. Um, but you know, what, um, What's the best way to contact uh, and, 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 and find out what kind of deals you guys got available in uh, across Canada right now? Yeah, for sure. I think um, reaching out, if you don't have the, the contact, it's uh, deals at dciproperties.ca. You can email us direct there. We also, if you have received one of our deals, because I, I believe a lot of your listeners have joined now. We've seen a lot of people join our buyers list from Edmonton. You can always forward one of our deals to someone else that you think that um, might want to join the list. And there's a button at the bottom of those emails to join the buyer's list on there. So either through the email, if you already have access to, access to it, or you can just email us deals at dciproperties.ca. Awesome. You know, I was just thinking, uh, I think for next time you come on in two weeks, I think we should talk about maybe a, like an update on the the markets um, obviously the, the two big markets you guys are dealing in are, um, Ontario and Alberta. Um, I'd be interested to see what you guys are here, what you guys are seeing right now from the off market side on what kind of opportunities are available and, and what kind of deals you guys are finding is, is there, has there been changes, you know, this year in both provinces? And, um, I think that'd be a really good topic to talk about next, uh, next time you come on. Yeah. And I got some really good information on that and i think we're we're trending in a good direction so i'll leave it at that cliffhanger for everyone yeah <laughs> absolutely well thank you again randall um thank hope you. you have an awesome week and uh yeah we'll, we'll see you in two weeks take care thank you see you then quick little commercial break and then we'll get back to her 
Some of you might have heard us talking about DCI Properties and how much we like their process and deal flow as one of the premier wholesaling companies in Canada. But one of the things most people don't know about DCI Properties is that they don't cherry pick deals for themselves. Everything they get under contract, they offer out to their buyers list. That's right, no sloppy seconds from no DCI. No sloppy seconds. <laughs> so if you're an investor looking for their next flip project or cash flowing rental property, get on their buyers list today and check out their inventory. To get on the list for Alberta deals, visit www.dciproperties.ca slash Alberta buyers, or for Ontario deals, go to www.dciproperties.ca slash buyers. And we, we are back. back. <laughs> Thanks for that. You're welcome. Uh, and thank you to Randall again. Indeed. I've got questions. Not me. I've got questions um, that are that are quite relevant. Um, you know what? I've got two questions I think I want to cover today. Uh, questions that came up over the last couple of days uh, through Facebook and through the show. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, let's start with this one. I'm just trying to be, I'm trying to be, um, strategic about this because I don't want it to go over the hour. Um, All you have to do is stop talking okay. when the hour has come. <laughs> uh, Chris asks, is it a good time to list a property during Christmas or after? Hmm. Does he do mean we have an answer for that? <laughs> I feel like that's an answer for a realtor. Uh, I, I, uh, define good. What's your definition of good? Is good satisfactory? Is good great? Is good okay? I think he's asking more so what is better, listing before Christmas or after Christmas? No? Read the question again. Well, like, what's the difference between during Christmas and after Christmas? It's like, like before, six days. Like, <clears throat> it's like five or six days because Christmas is like a week long. So, um, and it's funny because I... Is it funny? It, it's it's hilarious. I'm not laughing. It's hilarious. I'm not laughing. Um, no, but last year when we were um, in Mexico, well, actually before we went to Mexico, um you know, there was the big floods that wiped out all the roads surrounding um, the Vancouver area. And right. our kitchen got stuck in Vancouver. Um, so we were supposed to have uh, one of our flips listed uh, end of November. Yeah. And uh, it ended up getting delayed several weeks. Oh, my God. Deja vu. Yeah. Uh, so we were like literally, except this time it's Windows. But yeah. basically exact same situation um, as we were last year where we were supposed to have a property listed end of November. And now we're sitting going, hmm, looks like we're going to be ready right around Christmas. Hopefully sooner. But um, do you remember when we were actually able to get that listed? Was it before Christmas? Because we were in Mexico while they were finishing up, like getting the kitchen installed and our contractor was doing backsplash. And I just can't remember. Uh, second week of January. Yeah, so it did get delayed into January. Yeah, so we didn't get pictures until I believe it was like we were looking at getting Christmas, uh, sorry, Christmas pictures. <laughs> oh my God. 
uh, we were looking at getting pictures done and they're like, yeah, he's not going to, he's not going to do pictures on like boxing day. Um, I remember that. So it was like the, the, the following Monday after Christmas of last year. And then we got pictures done and we got the listing and everything already. Yada, yada, well, yada. Well, you know what? I think that I, I think that you're uh, wrong in that too, because now wow. I remember that I brought over a bunch of soft staging stuff when we got back and we were there for New Year's as well. Yeah. So it would have been first week of January. We got home. I took the soft staging, took pictures. Uh, got it set up, got the pictures taken, and we were probably listed within the first week of January. Six, seven, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's That's kind of what I'm thinking too. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was a different market, uh, not apples to apples, but um, we were in a similar scenario of trying to figure out if we were going to be listing before Christmas or. Yeah. And then I think, I think it's sold. I think we, I can't remember if possession was February 8th or we got an accepted offer on February 8th. I was just looking at yeah. this recently. Um, And we got, we listed for, I was just talking about this. This was before the 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 chaos in the market. Before the market went up, like crazy. Um, we were told realistically we could get we could list for two hundred five or two hundred nine and get two hundred five. I listed for two twenty five, um, and we got two twenty three five. So yeah, um, we got two hundred twenty three thousand five hundred. So yeah. twenty almost twenty thousand dollars more than what we were expecting. And. That was within like a week or two that we had an offer. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It, not to say that um, you're gonna you're gonna get. I'm not saying that you're gonna get twenty thousand dollars over, you know, market value in January every time. But uh, the question I believe was, is it good to? Um, list of property during Christmas or after. Um, I, I, I'd, well, what we're planning on doing, we're planning on waiting until after Christmas. So we've got two properties. Um, mind you, the one in Calgary, we were talking about waiting until the new year, but like, why not just put it up now? It's not going to make a difference. I, I guess, okay, that's my answer. Um, if you got it done on December 10th or 15th. List it. Just list it. You never know, right? You never know it's it's if someone's going to see it and love it or if no one's going to look at it at all. I find that um, if you're worried about days on market, and that's what I was concerned about, days on market, you know, if no one's looking until January 10th and it's been on the market for 30 days now, someone sees a listing and it's amazing and they love it and they see 30 days on market, suddenly they think that like there's something wrong with it. Or they feel like, oh, it's been on the market for 30 days. They're probably tired. They, I bet you they could take it, take a low ball offer. And like, I find that like fucking rookie realtors, you know, put that stuff into buyers ears too. Like, oh yeah, I, I can get you a really good deal. They, you know what? They've been on the market. It's Christmas. They're probably like the bills are starting to pile up from all the Christmas stuff. I bet you I can get you a really good deal. They probably just want their cash out. These guys are flippers. They just want their cash out. They don't want it in the market. Let's throw them a lowball offer of like $70,000 under market. You know what I mean? I, I just I just find that like some home buyer rookie realtors will kind of put that stuff in people's heads too because they're trying to impress their buyer. You know what I mean? And that they can put it on social that they got them a really good deal. So um, that's what I was concerned about is days on market can be used against you. 
if it's been on for a while, they just assume that you're tired and you really just want it gone. And when you're thinking about that, like, well, what, what crossed my mind was that, well, shoot, I better just wait until January. Then why would I have it on there for 30 days? If no one's going to look for 30 days, it's just going to look like I'm a desperate, you know, tired seller. Um, but I, it's with January, even if you put on January 10, like it's still going to be on the market for a minimum 30 days anyway. So the difference between 30 days and 60 days on market, I don't really see much of a difference. I think it's just better to get on the market. If the right person comes along and sees it, great. Well, that's what I was just going to say is that you never know when the person who wants your property is looking. And I think that like you're literally just missing opportunities by waiting. You are missing people who really want to buy a house right now. In At any point, any time of the year, at all times, there is somebody looking for your type of property that is going to want something similar. Mm -hmm. So whether or not you're exactly what they're looking for, who knows? But we have had, I would say the one last year was a similar situation. And then we just had our Meadowood project in Sherwood Park, which I I believe was a very similar situation where it went, it went up. It was the nicest property in the neighborhood and somebody was looking to get in fast. They wanted a quick possession. They wanted to move quickly and they, you know, in both of those situations, we were listed about $20,000 higher than we should have. And in both of those situations, we accepted an offer two or $3,000 under our list price. So had we waited in either of those situations, we would have missed those people yeah. who were looking at that time for the nicest property on the, on, in the neighborhood. And they found it because we were listed. So I just think it's literal stupidity to just sit there and be like, oh, let's wait until after Christmas. We don't want those 14, those 14 extra days on market. It'll look bad. Like you're literally being like, sorry, all you people who are looking in the next 14 days, we don't want you. Yeah. And if you have the right realtor going to bat for you and communicating properly, again, so important to have the right realtor, not a rookie realtor to say when the when the people come in with the lowball offers because we've had those too we've had the people come in with the lowball offers when we've been on the market for 30 days saying like oh i'm gonna let's put a an offer 30 grand under and we just simply say no our counter is two thousand dollars less than our list price and mr hexter please tell them like sorry bud Come on back up Come to on, yeah. our price. Let's get back we'll up to, we'll to you know. <laughs> and we have gotten people back up after Every they've lowballed us. Time. Like yeah. lowballed literally 30, 40 grand less. And we've gotten them up to like five grand under our list price. Yeah. Just because they lowball you doesn't mean that you don't have a deal there. They're just testing the waters. So yeah. get somebody who's going to go to bat for you and be real. I think I can't remember who said it the other day, but somebody said, um, I can't remember if it was on a face on the group or in here, but somebody said, make sure your realtor is, is saying like, sir, you guys like, yeah, th- these guys are house flippers, but they have deep pockets. They're not looking for your lowball offer. They're, they're getting out what they have put here. They'll sit that, on the market for four months if they need to. It's not hurting them. That narrative right there is yeah. important. What, what goes back? Cause you gotta, you gotta remember, you're not the one negotiating with the buyer. You're telling your realtor what to tell the other realtor, what to tell the buyer. And that is sometimes the message that you're trying to send doesn't always make it with under the same tone. 
And you got to be very, very cautious of that. If you give a no, how is that no actually being received? Mm -hmm. Is it being received where the realtor says, yeah, these guys are, I don't know. I don't even think they're worth putting in an account or in here because they just clearly only want full asking price. If that's what they hear, then it's almost that, see the, see what just happened there? Yeah. As opposed to, you know, if the buyer or sorry, the buyer's realtor, you know, comes back and says, okay, so I talked to them. Um, they clearly know what their house is worth. And uh, apparently, you know, th th they're a bit of a larger institution. They got some deep pockets. So they're, I'll be honest with you, we can try and, you know, kind of counter with, you know, somewhere in the middle or a little bit lower. But honestly, I think that they're willing to let it sit on the market um, because they know what it's worth and they're waiting for that price. So if you really want this house, want I yeah. think it might be worth, you know, maybe going back up into, you know, about $30,000 higher if you really want it. And I, I have a theory on this whole thing. Um, and this is, this is what, this is my, like, it's not quite into a mantra yet. Um, but I have a theory on this and I have to remember and remind myself of this whenever we're in negotiation process, because it's so frustrating when you got a beautiful property and you list it for $4.99 and someone comes in at $4.50, you know what I mean? And you're like, Ugh, do I seriously have to play this game? Um, and it's your only offer and it's December. And like, you're thinking to yourself, should I just split the difference and get to four seventy five? Or do I tell them, no, get back up into the 490s. Otherwise we're walking. We're going to wait for another offer. That's hard to do. It's very really hard to do. Because you think, am I going to lose them? It, when Should got, I just accept it? It's very hard. Yeah. It, it, it's, 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 it's emotional. But what I remember is, and what I remind myself every single time, is I try and remember when I was buying my first house. And I want you guys to think about this too. Remember when you were buying your first house. Remember when you were buying your first vehicle. When you make the decision that you want something, there's no turning back from it. They've already been in that house. They don't just, most home buyers, these are not investors like us. These are home buyers. It's all strictly emotion. Most home buyers, when they go through a house and, and they like it, the only time they write an offer is when they want it. They really want it to a point where like they can see all their furniture in it. They can see their kids playing in the backyard. They can see the dinner parties that they're going to be hosting. They've made a decision in their head already that this is our house. What they're trying to do is they're trying to just get a good deal or their realtors trying to get in their head and be like, Hey, I can get you a really good price for this because they're trying to impress them and get more business. Right? So if they've already made the decision in their head that they want it, you need to just grow a pair and just say no. And a lot of times, you know, we're listed at four ninety nine. They say four fifty, and I say, Calvin, tell the other realtor to tell their buyer to bring it back up into the four nineties, and we'll have a discussion. Otherwise, we're going to wait for another offer. We don't fucking counter. I don't give them a number. I tell them to come back up into our into our four nineties, and we'll have a discussion. Not saying 490 is my bottom line. No, bring it back up to the 490s with another offer. We'll have another discussion. If not, we're going to wait for another offer. Right? Yeah. And every single time they've come back for like, well, the highest we can go is 485. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd be like, tell them right now, 492, and we'll sign the paperwork. Yeah. 
There you go. I brought them all the way from 450 all the way up to 492. Yeah. And now they have to make the decision. Are they going to walk away from it? They're at 485. I say 492. Are they going to walk away over seven grand on their dream Dream home? Yeah. No, absolutely fucking not. Yeah. Unless, of course, there's something else in there, like they're only they're only approved for 475. Yeah. Oh, and the other thing that Wayne, you and I have talked about recently, because I always get so stressed out there during this time. Mm -hmm. So I try to just stay out of it. Like Wayne will kind of like let me know what's going on a little bit, but I'm like, still let me know. Just tell me when we have an accepted offer. (laughs) But um, the one thing that I that I brought up and that I I've realized actually just very recently through all of these houses that we've been selling is that you can always like if if they say well sorry no like kick rocks you're priced way too high you can always go back with your tail between your legs and say okay sorry I'll accept your offer yeah and they're extremely likely going to say okay thank you yeah so it's not like it's it's not like when you do that and you you're kind of like going bullish like no get back into those 490s or we don't have a deal yeah and then they say okay sir we do not have a deal and then you're like oh shit we really need to sell this place we don't have deep pockets or like whatever <laughs> the situation is we were lying we then have shallow can, pockets yeah <laughs> our pockets are so shallow um you can go back with your tail between your legs and say okay you know what we'll we'll take your offer yeah. but can you maybe you know take possession a week earlier you know like go back yeah. with something say if you can do possession a week earlier we'll take your offer yeah um so you can always do that and that was kind of a realization for me is like i don't want to lose the buyer but i also don't want to accept their offer so mm-hmm. like that's what would make me nervous is if they're just going to be like nope beat it yeah but, yeah i i i really i just i i i base my whole strategy on the assumption that they want this yeah. house more than anything. Yeah. This is a, we're not talking about buying a fucking guitar. We're not talking about buying a a vehicle where they can just go to the dealership next door, right? Because they don't get the price that they want because they're stubborn because that's the price. That's the price I want and that's the only price I'm going to do. And I'll go to another establishment if you can't meet that, right? No, yeah. there is just us yeah. and there is this house and we are the nicest one on the south side of the city or the north side of the city, you ain't going to find anything else like it because that's how we build them, mm-hmm. right? This is all very strategic. If I had a half-ass house where there's like half-ass renovation, then yeah, I mean, like they could go and choose something else because there's lots of other options. Mm-hmm. When we are the nicest one on the market in that area and we're priced right, and this is, and they've come and they've written an offer, like again, they don't just write offers just for like, cause they're bored. Most people who are home buyers, this is the first time they've ever written an offer. They don't know that the deposit is refundable. They don't know any of this stuff, right? They know absolutely nothing. They're just like, okay, if I put an offer in this house, I have to buy it. That's what they think. So they are pot committed and they're just trying to get a deal. Cause that's what dumb people do. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's just like, oh, let's get the best possible deal. We're going to make some money on the buy because they want to feel like they won, right? But if you come back and you say no and you bring them back up to your number, they have to make, they have a decision to make. Do we really, really want this house? Is it worth it? And and nine times out of 10, they say yes. Yeah. And they buy it. So um, all of that being said, you know, if you throw it up on Christmas, you know, and, and you get a low, and, and January comes, you get a low ball offer. 
it's if they want it, they're going to buy it. And it's a really hard thing to do, but that's just the strategy that we use. And it's, it's worked out really well for us. Um, I also have this weird feeling that like over Christmas, a lot of people spend a lot more time, you know, around on the couch, scrolling, scrolling, you know what I mean? Time off from work, families there. Um, people don't play board games anymore. They just kind of scroll on their phones for hours and hours, um, you know, over the Christmas holidays and, you know, people would be talking about buying houses or something like that. Or if they've been thinking about buying a house, this is the, this is the, the, the primo time for them just to be sitting on a couch, you know, waiting for dinner to be served and they're scrolling on their phone. And I think that that might be a really great, I I have it in my mind. Like if I were looking to buy a house, that's when I would do it. And literally I've had a whole bunch of, yeah, I've had a whole bunch of people say that to me as well. Like when, just like while I was in Vancouver talking with my family, Mm -hmm. but like how the one property was delayed and probably get listed around Christmas, like literally there was three different people who said like, oh, well, actually, it's probably a great time. People are just sitting around like they have time off. Mom and dad's in town. Let's go look at a house, right? That I just, I don't, I don't know if that's actually real or not, but I always had that belief that people do that. And if they've been waiting and waiting and there's been nothing on the market that looks good and then pow, like, oh my God, mom, look at this. Oh my God, aunt, 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 Diane, please come over here quick. Look at this house. You should get it. Honey, honey, come look at this house that they're looking at. You know what I mean? Like it's, and then they go and they book a viewing the next week. So I, I, I say go for it. It's, it's better to, uh, to do it than to just assume, right? Anyways, that's what we're doing. Um, we have one that's, uh, <laughs> cross our fingers closing today. Yeah. Um, today. I'll let you know tomorrow about the holdback. They're asking for a holdback because we haven't gotten compliance yet for the RPR. Did you read that email? Uh, no, just the headline. They want seventy five hundred dollars holdback. Which is no, it's not. Don't don't side with them. Seventy five hundred dollars is a lot of money, considering the only thing that might not be compliant is the deck. Now, riddle me this, Gabby. That back patio door mm-hmm. off the dining room mm-hmm. that is original with the house, right? Yes. Means that there's always been a deck there. Yes. So this is not a deck that they added in you know, half after it was built in the year 2000 and, you know, because it looks like it's 20 years old, 15, 20 years old, but it's not a deck that like they built after the fact. No, there's always been a deck there. The question is, is that, you know, if the deck was redone at some point in the last 40 years, did they redo the deck to the same specs Mm -hmm. or did they move the, the railing or the steps or somewhere a little bit different? Because they would not have had a small landing with stairs going down. It doesn't make any sense for that spot. So I feel very confident that that deck does have a permit. It's just it's 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 questioning whether the the dimensions of the deck have been changed since then. Now, if it has been, what do you need to do? You need to go apply for a new permit. Obviously, it needs to be a compliant. So you need to make sure that you know that it meets all building codes, yeah. right? And you pay for the permit, a couple hundred bucks might need maybe a couple hundred dollars worth of revisions on it. If it doesn't, you know, match yeah. up, you may, might need it to redo should, the though, whole deck. It should, though. It has a legit railing, has a legit uh, Okay, but how much is all that going to cost? $7,500? No. Give me a break. <laughs> so I, I went back and I said $2,500. Your ball's a tug. You... <laughs> and that's a show. That's my wife. <laughs> um, yeah, so $7,500 seems a little steep. But uh, otherwise, I mean, the fence is all pretty much original, too. So it's not like it's not like the fence is going to be, you know, 
in the wrong spot. But uh, yeah, we got that. And then we've got two other properties. Um, one just finished. It's going to be listed to today, Wednesday. Yes, today. Bonavista will be listed today. Um, keep an eye out for that in Calgary. That that listing should be up with all the pictures. And also uh, our Tweddle flip should be done. Zamber here. <laughs> maybe this maybe this week. Maybe, maybe yeah. early next week. Yeah. Um, the windows will be in any day now. That's pretty much what we got is an any day now. Uh, you should update. follow up, see if there's anything. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, wrap her up. What do you mean? I, why don't we go two hours today? No. Uh, yeah, anyways, we'll fill you in on all that nonsense tomorrow. I'll let you know how that hold back went and whether I... Caved? Caved. <laughs> It'd just be nice to just be done with it. But again, do you think it's it's move-in day, Gabby? They're getting the keys. I'm going to... No, you know what? I'm going to be two, minute, two, more, two more minutes. Okay, bye, it's guys. It's move-in day. It is move-in day. <laughs> They're getting the keys today, expecting to get it at 12 o'clock. They're packed. The U-Haul is ready and booked. The U-Haul is probably already full, okay? They were packing last night. If I say no to the holdback, what are they going to say? We're walking, sir. <laughs> no, they don't get to ask for a holdback at 2 o'clock the day before. True. That should have been dealt with God a long time ago. Goddamn right it's true. They already knew the compliance wasn't coming and it was delayed. Yeah. So I say no. What happens? You think they're going to walk away from it? Just saying. Balls of steel, baby. You guys have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com. 